Hello, everybody. Welcome to What Are We Building? I'm your host, Andy Shaner. Thank you for tuning in. I am very pleased to be here in the Sun Prairie Media Center studios, underwritten by the Bank of Sun Prairie. My guest today is Paul Esser, the mayor of Sun Prairie, and I've been wanting to talk to the mayor for quite a long time. Uh, I, I had my 50th episode, and it was a chance to, to kind of honor a milestone, I guess, and have him on. Um, the other thing I, I'm honoring is the fact that I'm going to be taking a little break from doing this show. It's kind of a bittersweet moment. It's a little with a heavy heart, but uh, I think I've mentioned I've gotten a new job recently and uh, things being what they are, I'm probably going to book some plane tickets to spend uh, about 11, 12 days in New Zealand and Australia. Uh, I'm going to be going on vacation, you know, summertime, different things. I probably would have been too busy to do that anyway. So I, I'm, I'm going to take a little hiatus and this seemed like a nice way to sort of wrap things up. So uh, my apologies to, to my, uh, you know, uh, handful of loyal fans that listen every week, um, but I'm not going to rule it out never coming back but uh i'm gonna to take a little break so um you'll have uh, two episodes from the mayor uh two-part episode that will air uh, kind of back to back uh each week and uh and hope you enjoy that you can certainly go back and hear any of my interviews i've done 53 of these now uh you can you know talk to everybody from you know tim semin the old planning director to uh leanne dockerty who runs flavors wine bar uh different people in the city and and you know folks that are you know would be an interesting interview to go back and listen to if you're interested in in Sun Prairie. But I was reflecting back on on two years of a pandemic, of Black Lives Matter, of, you know, coming into a pandemic, out of a pandemic, at home. And and what, what I left with is, I mentioned, you know, I, I interviewed Tim Semin, who was our, he's now moved on to Wanakee, but I asked him what makes a great city. And the word he used was connectivity. And connectivity through transportation, through infrastructure, our roads, our institutions, our you know businesses, restaurants, uh, different things that connect us, our schools, uh, all these things that connect us. And and this the media center and this silly little show I've done has helped me stay connected to the community. And I hope it's it's helped you you know kind of be connected as well. Um, but but it it means to me getting out and flexing that muscle that maybe we haven't used from you know the last couple of years in quarantine. And and that that friendliness muscle that that open hand or a smile to a, a neighbor of yours and I'm, I'm not talking about going out and making you know new lifelong friends although I would highly recommend that I, I've, I've had the chance to, to have some of that happen over the last few years in some prairie but but I mean at your kids you know school events at a soccer game uh, at, at your volunteer events at anything you're involved in find somebody that isn't exactly like you that is a little bit you know, maybe wasn't from this country or their English isn't their first language or the different color of their skin, or maybe you, you work in an office and they work in a factory and, and you, you wouldn't necessarily have something in common, but you're at, at the same place or doing the same thing. And if you have something in common and can use that to open a door, to, to shake a hand or, or just say, you know, Hey, I wanted to introduce myself or ask a question, you know, who's, who is your kid or what are you doing or, or just strike up a conversation. Those are the things that connect a community and we don't do that often enough. And so I've had these half hour, you know, lovely conversations with, with folks. Um, but, but it's the, the little, you know, one and two minute conversations uh, at the grocery store or at, at the bar, you know, when you're next to somebody uh, that those are the things that kind of help tie a community together and, and being that friendly welcoming community that, 
that's why I love Sun Prairie um, because we're we're that mix between small town and big city. We've got a bunch of stuff that that a big city can offer, uh, and we've got the small town where anybody can open their hand or or share a conversation and be connected. And that's what I, I, I've been thinking about, and that's what I wanted to share. So um, I, I'm going to take a little break on the show right now. I'm going to take a little break from doing the show. And like I said, I'm not ruling out. If I kind of get my feet under me in this new job and, and get into a groove, maybe I'll, I'll come back and do it on a more regular basis. But for now, we will take a quick break, and then in a little bit, you will hear my conversation with Paul Esser, mayor of Sun Prairie. You are listening to 103.5 FM. I am Andy Shaner. This is What Are We Building on WLSPLP, Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. As I said, you can get all of my past episodes on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on anchor.fm slash W-A-W-B-S-P. You can get all of Sun Prairie Media Center's content. You can stay connected with what's going on in city government or different things that we're broadcasting there. Kids 4, all that kind of good stuff. And I will actually continue to do my TV show. So once a month, I have two guests on. I just did a show with Sweta Hetzler, the library director, and Steve Sabaki. You can check that out at sunprairiemediacenter.com under KSUN Live, KSUN On Demand. And I'll continue to do the TV show and, and be talking about a lot of the same stuff. So I'm going to keep doing that, um, but just uh, take a little break from the radio piece. So, so I want to say thank you very much to anybody, whether you listen to one episode or we're a regular listener. It's been a delight. Uh, maybe we'll be back sooner than we think. But for now, we'll be back with Mayor Paul Esser uh, right after the break. I'm here today with Mayor Paul Esser on What Are We Building? I want to thank you for being here, Mr. Mayor. Well, you're welcome. I'm happy to be here, Andy. So I and I, I had wanted to have you on for my 50th episode. I did, I've done 53 of these now, but we had to get the candidates in ahead of the election. And so we we just postponed it a little bit. And, you know, this is a, a good number, I guess, 53. And um, yeah. I've been doing this all, over two years almost now. Isn't that this, amazing? This show has been fun. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I, I, I certainly am happy to have you here. And We'll we'll chat a bit and, yeah. and kind of see where things go. There's yeah. a lot going on. Oh my goodness! So much Sun in Prairie. Sun Prairie. And so I don't. Yeah. We will not have any shortage of of things to talk about. But I, I I always come into these as just trying to kind of get to know people. If you struck up a conversation with someone at a party or a, you know, what do you do? I think everybody obviously knows who you are and what you do. But I wanted to I wanted to go back a little bit if we could. Okay. Just I kind of I sure. Where, did you, did you grow up? In Wisconsin, where are you from originally? Wisconsin, east side of Madison. Okay. I grew up on the east side of Madison, went to Monona Grove High School, graduated from there. And then my life story is I went off to uh, UW-River Falls. It wasn't UW at the time. It's uh, some years back. And, you know, was floundering in school. I was having a great time, but I wasn't <laughs> doing anything worthwhile. And it was the year of the draft yet. Okay. So I said, you know, I'm just wasting time here. I'm not getting any credits and all of that. So I asked the Army to draft me. I had to deal with, you had to deal with the draft at some point in time. Uh, so I asked them to draft me, which they did. I spent two years in the Army. I came back out. I said to the University of Wisconsin here in Madison, I said, I'd like to come here. And they said, no, you need to go back to where you were and demonstrate you've got some capacity to get through school. So I went back to River Falls and spent another year there. But the beauty of that year is that is when I met my wife, Carol. She was a student at the University of Wisconsin Menominee, Stout. Mm -hmm. And uh, one evening, her sorority was having a party with a fraternity from Sun Prairie, or excuse me, from River Falls. And there was a fellow that I had known when I had been there two years earlier, and he'd invited me to go to the party with him. 
So I went to the party in Menominee, and in the evening, about 9 o'clock, I met Carol Lynn Edwards. And we just connected right from that time and just went forward from there. So that was the beauty of that experience. Right, that's how that goes. Uh, my in-laws went to Stout, and they were born in 5051. So, yeah. But, so, um, so what year were you in the, in the service? I was in the Army from 1965 to 66, Vietnam era. Yeah. I was in the Signal Corps. I lucked out. So I went in early. I went in in March, and uh, President Johnson did this big, you know, we're going to get this thing taken care of in June or July of that year, and that's when the big buildup began. Mm -hmm. By then, I was through basic training and on to my advanced training, which was Signal Corps, and uh, got assigned to Okinawa. Hmm. So I spent I, I spent almost nine months in New Jersey for training and then went to Okinawa for a little bit over a year. And uh, then my term was up. I was back here in March of 1967 and started School of the River Falls the following uh, fall. Worked for Oscar Myers in the summer, delivering ice. Yeah. They so what part, of, where, where, what part of Madison were you in? East side. Yeah. So right off Cottage Grove Road. Yeah. Yeah, Mahar Avenue we lived on. Okay. So I went to Frank Ellis grade school and then uh, uh, Monona well, Grove. Yeah. And what did your folks do? My dad was an engineer for Gischelt. That was a machine tool company. Okay. He was a design engineer that was on East Washington Avenue. It's been gone now for a number of years. And uh, my mother was essentially a housewife. That was kind of that era. Yeah. You know, we were kids of the 50s. I was born in 1946. So we were kind of growing up in those old sitcoms that you'd see. Sure. Uh, Leave it to Beaver. And those were sort of our lives. You know, mom was at home and... Dad worked. It certainly wasn't true for everybody. It's a stereotype, but yeah. it was true in my household. I had two older brothers and then much later a younger sister. Were you a good student? Were you involved no. in sports? <laughs> was River Falls your first choice or was college always the, the plan? Well, that's an interesting question. Nobody's asked me that. I don't think forever. <laughs> so here was the deal. I was not much of a student. Yeah. I, I had capability, but I was not going to be with the top tier kids. I was not in that group. Okay. And so if I couldn't be there, I wasn't going to be, C's were good. And my, <laughs> my parents had three older, two older sons, and so they were kind of done with parenting by the time I came <laughs> by. So there was little pressure. I was you know, a well-behaved kid and had C's, and everything went along. I was not athletic, not driven that way, and not talented in that way. So when I was getting out of, out of high school, I wanted to do something in political science or something like that. I had no clear plan. I had no vision of what I wanted to do. But I didn't want to stay in Madison. Hmm. And all of my friends were going to Madison. Then it was much easier to get into the university here. So everybody went there or somewhere in the area. And I wanted to get out of the area. But I didn't want to go out of state because it cost more money. Yep. I'm an accountant. Right. So there was that vein in me already. And so I went up to, to River Falls. And River Falls is an agricultural school, uh -huh. especially was at that time. So in hindsight, it was not a good fit for me. And it was also a very regional school. The students generally came from that northwest section yeah. just outside of Minneapolis. And a lot of kids came from the Minneapolis Twin Cities area. And uh, so they'd be there during the week and living in the dorms. And then the weekends, phew, they all went home, yeah. and that was kind of an eye-opener for me. There I was, this kid there, kind of cruising around the dorms. There weren't many people around. And, uh, you know, was you could drink beer at 18, yeah. 
couldn't do it right in River Falls, but there were places drivable. I didn't have a car, so, you know, we found things to do and go home with some of the kids. I did that a couple of times and get into their world. It was just fun. It was an eye-opener for me. Yeah, but a different it, world coming from Madison. A lot of people Madison. come from smaller towns. Like, I'm from Wausau. I went to Madison for school, and my wife went to Eau Claire. But, yeah, um, so I'm you kind of flipped it. That area, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's different. People kind of want different something different from what you grew up with. Yeah, and, that's right. Um, then was the draw to come back to Madison? I mean, it, it, late 60s was the protests were happening. I don't know if that had gotten to River Falls at that point, but obviously that was in the sort of campus life world of it the was, university. It was, but my difference was is I had now fulfilled my military obligation. Yeah. And if you think of those kids that were so active in the anti-war things here in Madison, because they really were, mm-hmm. Those kids were as much driven by their own self-preservation as they were any ideological principles. So when I came back, the thing was kind of hit and miss, and there's two other factors to that. One is I'm probably about the only baby boomer that has Lyndon Johnson as a role model. (laughs) I was very impressed with him, and it was his war, of course. He was Uh promoting this and saying we were going to do it. And the second thing is I accepted the notion of the domino theory. And the domino theory Mm. was if one country fell in uh, Southeast Asia, all the rest of them would go with it. In hindsight, that turned out to be true. But also in hindsight, it turns out it didn't make any difference. Because uh, South Vietnam was not a democratic country. We liked to make it out to be, but it was very much not, very corrupt. You know, all the things the the communists were against, they were actually right about that. It's just who we happened to back in that war because we couldn't be associated with the communists. You know, we couldn't be part of that deal. So so when I came back here, then I started in Madison in... Either the summer or the fall of 1968, I transferred from River Falls, and my grade point was up, and I could transfer. And I was in amongst all those draft uh, protesters. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I was in the School of Business then. Okay. And that's where, that's right at the, was at the time. Now the School of Business is on University Avenue. Yeah, at the time. Yeah, it was right behind uh, Bascom Hall. Oh. And so that was the center of the protest. Sure. And the police used to hang out in the Commerce Building because, you know, we weren't, we weren't protesting, there by <laughs> and large, the business students. Right, right. And it so was the, the English department. Yeah. And that, that was where all the political science were. and, yeah, <laughs> sociology students were up there. And we were down there. We were in the, the Commerce Building and so kind of got left alone. So the, that, in a way, kind of went without my, certainly without my participation but also not a huge amount of awareness by me other than I was living in it and affected yeah. the way I was getting into classes and things. So, yeah, so that kind of went on through that era. I wasn't too touched by that. And then uh, Carol and I got married in February of 1970. Okay. She was uh, had graduated and was teaching high school. She was a family and consumer education teacher. Mm. Then they called them home economics teachers. That mm-hmm. was a big part of the Stout curriculum. She went back to her, her home area, which was the western suburbs of Chicago, and was teaching at Naperville. Sure. Naperville at that time was a much smaller community. is now huge. 
And uh, she lived in another town with her parents called Warrenville and used to drive in the country from Warrenville to Naperville to Wheaton to Glen Ellen, all those communities, open spaces, no more. It's all growing together. That's that multiplex area of, yeah. of uh, northern Illinois. And in fact, someday we'll all be part of that. That growth will come to incorporate Rockford and Madison and Milwaukee, that whole quadrant will become full of people. So yeah. we got married. I had a year of school left to complete here. We looked at me going to school down there, some arrangement. I can't even remember the details. And we ended up coming to Sun Prairie. Oh. And uh, because she had gotten a job here, Kurt Sheehan from the high school, the principal had hired her to teach here. And so then we had to figure out a place to live. We could have lived closer to campus, but that was expensive. And then a long drive for her, we were able to find an apartment here on Buena Vista, 917 Buena Vista. We got a furnished apartment. And so we thought we were going to be here a year. And I'd graduate at the end of that year, and then I would get a job with an accounting firm in Chicago, and we'd move back down to the suburbs. Ah. After we were here about six months, we said, hey, we like it here. You know, it's simple. And we'd go back to her parents on the weekends, and it was just gridlock with the traffic in our estimation. Now, you know, 50 years later, that gridlock was nothing. <laughs> and uh, we said, well... You know, our two objectives in life, we're simple people. That's what Carol would say about us, we're simple. We wanted two things. We wanted to own a home and we wanted to have a family. And we thought, well, we can do that right here in Sun Prairie, easier maybe than in Chicago. Plus we're already here, she's got a job, I need to get a job, we've got a place to live. Maybe we should just stay here. So I did the job hunting in Chicago and I did the job hunting in Madison. And in the end, we felt we just preferred to be in Madison. The money wasn't that much less staying in Madison. It was convenient. We liked the life. And so I tell people we came here for a year and have now been here uh, 52 years. Yeah, it's so funny. There's so many things that just parallel. My wife graduated a year early and we talked about living. We actually lived in Dallas for a few years. But, but how... Your story is so very similar to so many other people's story. That come, yeah. They come to some prairie and they think they don't know where life's going to take them, but they like it here, and so yeah. they decide to stay. Yeah. And um, I think that's that's just it's just true. Yeah. Everybody's story is a little bit different, but but it's and just I bet very that's common. still going on today. Andy. Absolutely. I bet yeah. people get here, and that's the reason why we need the housing options in this community. So there's a place for everybody. I hope so. And you you were in this little furnished apartment in Buena Vista. I was at Barrington Place. Just kind of off American Parkway. I had a furnished apartment. That was where, you know, we bought a half duplex at Vandenberg Heights. It was our first time we bought a house. So yeah. um, so, so then you, you said you wanted to own a house and, and yeah. start a family. You were able to do both of those. We were able assume? to do those. We bought a house on Cliff Street after about four years, I think, of my being out of school. We decided to own a house was much easier then than it is now. We looked around. Sun Prairie wasn't nearly as large. In fact, when we came here in June of 1970, the uh, population signs were yeah. under 10,000 people wow. at that point. So it was a lot less city at that point. We found an older house on Cliff Street and lived there for four years and then started having children and moved to a bigger house by Northside School and were there for several years. And We've moved several times, but always within the city of Sun Prairie. Yeah. And now we're out of our single-family detached home living in a condo. Yeah. And which I think is another good example of how people's lives, you you sort of see that, that there are, 
we're going to talk about apartments later, I'm sure, but there is a perception of apartments, um, and I, I, hopefully we can kind of dispel yeah. some of that. But you're living in a condo, but there's certainly plenty of people that, you know, getting up there in years and just yeah. the lifestyle they want is yeah. not a single-family home, and yeah. um, you need those options. So, yeah. And we um, could have been in an apartment. If there had been an apartment that was like our condo, yeah. we might have done that. We were really headed in that direction. We wanted to get our capital out of the house and all of that, and we were ready to pay rent. But this works out the same way. And really living in a condo, it's like living in an apartment. The, the concept is same, just the ownership is different. Sure, sure. So I, I think you mentioned earlier, like, when you first were looking at colleges, you kind of had an interest in political science but weren't particularly political in college. When, at what point does, I know you're kind of a, I'm not going to ask yeah. you about your, I'm sure your accounting career is fascinating, but uh, <laughs> when did the political sort of community sure. connection and sure. service and, and interest in that yeah. come about? Well, let me pull that idea out. Yeah. So then after living here for a while and working accounting jobs and so forth and so on, I got a job with the Wisconsin Cheeseman. It was located oh. here in Sun Prairie, and I went there as the accounting manager, and then the controller and so forth did all that financial stuff there. And the company was very philanthropically oriented. And the owner of the company, Garvin Kramer, was very community-oriented. And he said to me at one point, if you would run for mayor, if you would consider that, I'll allow you to use company time to do city business. And I thought this was uh, 1987. We probably talked about it in the fall of 1986. And I thought, well, I've got nothing to lose on that. I hadn't really thought about elected politics doing something like that, but I was involved in a lot of community organizations, YMCA, church, scouting, all kinds of different things. And so that's where he thought I might be a fit for this. And uh, so I thought, well, I'll do it. And like a lot of things, while I'm not a highly competitive or driven person, once I get the idea of something that I want to do, then I'm really focused on it. And running for election, it's just a series of steps. It's not really rocket science, mm -hmm. and it's not like huge intelligence that you need. You just need to do the things, and you need to knock on the doors, and you need to contact people and talk to people and get out there and do it. And Carol has always been a partner in my life, and she was very much a partner in that. At that time, we had four kids, small to kind of large. <laughs> And uh, so she didn't have a lot of time to be out on the streets with me, but she was involved in other ways and is always a good advocate of mine in talking up with people. So, I, what the heck, I'll do that. I ran against, uh, now his name escapes me, uh, Don Falk. Okay. Don Falk. So Don had a business here in the city and was struggling and he had some personal issues going. He was somewhat distracted. So I was running against an incumbent, and it's hard to run against incumbents. But incumbents also have, incumbents have their own problem, and that is getting enthused and focused on what they need to do. And he was distracted by some of his other issues. Okay. And so I just ran a very aggressive campaign. I, I say that I carpet-bombed the city of Sun Prairie, because it's much easier to do that, even then it was probably 11,000, 12,000 people with doors and I had people out knocking on doors for me and we just did the city repeatedly and did ads and yeah. all kinds of stuff. And I prevailed. prevailed. What year was that? Uh, 1987. Okay. April of 1987. Yeah. I won handily in that election. 
So then I came in and I got reelected again two years later. So I served four years in mayor at that time. And that kind of got me going with the idea. But then I was away from it. I went on, we started a business, not successfully, but we started a business and went on with some other things. I went back to the Wisconsin Cheeseman after a couple of years. And um, in 2014, the mayor then, John Murray, resigned. So it may be because there had been the uh, dust up with the fire department that had happened. They talked about it going municipal and they told the townships to go, you know, go away and we're going to do the this. The volunteer municipal. fire department versus the municipal. It was okay. going to go away. And yeah. it, it really wasn't thought out and wasn't well planned out and the community erupted yeah. in, in opposition to that because everybody loves the volunteers and the townships, of course, were getting the real bad end of that deal because they had no facilities. They had some trucks, mm -hmm. but they had no facilities for them, no access to water, and so on, so on, so on. That idea eventually, the city council wouldn't support it. Sure. It went away. But I think John maybe either had his fill because of that, or he was by then, I think, a lobbyist for the chiropractor association. Maybe they don't call him a lobbyist, but he's director of education or okay. executive director, maybe. And maybe they said, hey, we don't want you doing that conflict of interest from right. our standpoint. So he resigned, and the city council needed to select somebody. And, um, you know, they were struggling a little bit to do it. And so they said, anybody that wants to file an application or request or something. And Carol said, why don't you do it? And I said, I don't know. I did this before. I don't know that I want to go back and have that commitment because it's quite a commitment. Yeah. Even if you aren't working on it all the time, it's always on your mind. And um, so I thought about it some more. And I thought, well, again, you know, I liked it. Let's, I'll do it told the city council I'd do it. Well, they weren't impressed. <laughs> and uh, Don Hooser also put his name in. Okay. And then John Freund put his name in. John Freund was a John, city yeah. council member at the time. And um, they might have liked Mary Plinsky to do it. She was city council president. Oh. But she was too wily to get stuck with a job like <laughs> that. So she said she wasn't doing it. John offered himself, and they appointed John. Okay. And I said, in this, this was happening in the spring of 2014, I said, well, whether you appoint me or not, I'm going to run for the April 2015 election when that position is up for re-election again. So that's what I did. I started in the fall of 2014, began putting my stuff together. Uh, two other people also wanted to run, John Freund, and he's still around, Don, right. Bill Clausius. Okay. Bill had been a council member, and he now was on the county board, and a good guy, and been around. So there were three of us. We had a primary, and Bill and I were the top vote-getters in the primary. That was February of 2015, and then in April of 2015, I was elected. And so that was seven years ago. I've been on this seven years. I'm in my fourth term i will come up for re-election again april of next year yeah. and planning to run again yeah at this As point that's my expectation i want to hang around i yeah. especially want to hang around we've got this thing coming up with bus rapid transit and yep. local bus routes and that'll go into play in uh second half of 2024 right and i want to be around to see that get into play so maybe something later you want to talk about but that's kind of my motivation i mean that's nine months out i'll i'll uh announce that i'm running probably like in november of this right. year and so i've got that much time and you've you've run the last two cycles unopposed and three 
three the, cycles. So, yeah. So the first time I was opposed, or the first time in 15, and then 17, 19, and 21, I've been unopposed. Yeah. And so despite, I'm sure, plenty of people in town that like to complain, and that tends to land on your head, the, there has not been anyone to, to sort of come forward. And my, my take on some <laughs> prairie politics has been things are much better off than you might hear at a local watering hole or on Facebook or different places. And because we have city council people and the mayor running unopposed and, um, and people generally kind of like the status quo, we can always do better and change things, but, yeah. um, but big yeah. picture, no one is clamoring for, for major, major changes in running the mayor out on a rail. So I think that says something about how our cities run. Right. So. I hope that's the way it is. They yeah. aren't talking to me about it if yeah. they want to get the rails out and get me on it. But right. you know, you, I won't know that for a while. I mean, it's just hard running against an incumbent. Yeah. And particularly in a smaller community like this, Madison, it might be more doable. The whole deal, if you're if you're a challenger, is you got to get your name out there. People yeah. don't know who you are. And you, yeah. Again, if people, if things are going well and people are generally yeah. happy, the last two and a half years notwithstanding, um, if people feel like there are brighter days ahead, then they're not inclined to risk things by going with somebody they don't know. Right. But, right. Um, just. To get them excited. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, that's a great place to take a break. Okay. Um, but this is What Are We Building on 103.5 FM The Sun. You're listening to myself, Andy Shaner, and Mayor Paul Esser. Uh, and we will take a little break and then um, come back. Uh, probably that'll be the it for volume one or part one of, of the show. Um, but you can hear part two um, on the air. We'll be posting where that's available. And um, you can hear that later on. So if you want to hear our conversation continue, uh, thanks for listening. Stay tuned. So that is it. That is part one of my interview with uh, Mayor Esser, the mayor of Sun Prairie, and uh, we'll air part two probably next week, uh, either on 103.5 FM at 2 p.m. Tuesdays and Thursdays, or you can get it on a podcast as well. So um, thank you for listening. Check out part two uh, when it goes up. And uh, this is Andy Shaner on What Are We Building on 103.5 FM, Sun Prairie's community radio. So that is it. That is part one of my interview with uh, Mayor Esser, the mayor of Sun Prairie, and we will. And you'll hear part two next week uh, live again on at 2 p.m. We air on, on 103.5 FM, or you can check it out as a podcast. Uh, but you'll hear part two next week. And uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, thank you to the mayor. And uh, check out. 
So my thank you to Mayor Esser. Uh, we, that was part. So that was part one of my interview with the mayor, Paul Esser, and uh, we'll air part two probably next week, uh, either on 103.5 FM at 2 p.m. Tuesdays and Thursdays, or you can get it on a podcast as well. So um, thank you for listening. Check out part two uh, when it goes up. And uh, this is Andy Shaner on What Are We Building on 103.5 FM, Sun Prairie's Community Radio.